I am Tova Cito. I believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And I believe it's our job to get us there. Every week, I will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The Remedy. Well, welcome everyone to the very next episode of The Remedy with Tobacito. I told Janice this week in a text message, I think you were copied on it, Kevin, that we should just go ahead and change it to The Remedy with Tova and Janice. I've been thinking that for a while now. <laughs> uh, Janice, oh, I mean, it is kind of The Remedy with Tova and Janice. And it works. Especially with COVID. Yes, yes. <laughs> We just know how to do it. And there's so much to talk about. Having Janice on every week was the remedy for COVID podcasting. Yeah. What were you saying, Janice? I said I feel very, very, very honored to be asked. Oh, good I never say no. (laughs) Thank God, because you, you add so much. I mean, Janice, this last week in, in our... So last week, which will, because this will air next Monday, is we talked about vulnerability. And you cannot imagine how many people have reached out to me talking about how much they loved it and how much they got out of it. Oh, Oh, that's so good. Oh, people love it. Um, So I need to thank the sponsor of today's episode. There is a beautiful woman in College Station, one of the many thousands of listeners we have. Her name is Tracy Alford, and Tracy made a very generous donation to The Remedy. Well, thank you very much, Tracy. Yes. Thank you, Tracy. Oh, so nice. And she sent a a sweet note. Um, She ordered a book, and she's been so patient because my printing company wasn't printing during COVID. So I've run out of books, and I'm still getting orders. And so she's one of the many that have been very patient about getting their book so she finally got her book and and she's an amazing uh encourager and listener of the remedy which we're so grateful for it's so nice toba do you uh, if do you ever it's so interesting because like you don't know her personally i don't know her personally kevin doesn't know her personally it's so interesting wouldn't you just love to know all of these people where they heard yeah, about definitely you for the very first time it'd be yes. really fascinating i know it really would be so fascinating i think about that like especially people who are in like random places like missouri or idaho or you know yeah. the, the northeast like the west makes more sense to me because i have a lot of people that i, I yeah i lived in the people west you know, lived in california that. lived in utah Nevada, but like, and Texas, Texas makes sense to me. We have a lot of listeners in Dallas, Austin, Houston, but quite a few in Canada too, actually. Yeah. And I don't know one person in Canada. Neither do I. (laughs) Do you know Canada? We have, we have quite a few listeners in Canada. No, I don't. Yeah. If they'd be open to it, I'd love to have an episode where we just talk, you know, if they'd be willing to call in, we'd discuss how they heard about it. Oh, that would be fun. Like how, how are you, where are you from? Oh, that would be Do fun. Do like a little listener appreciation. Episode yeah. Or something. Yeah. And 
Ooh, that would be fun. It's a good idea. Yeah. It'd be think about really that. cool. That would be cool. Like, who are you? Where, how did you hear about it? Why do you listen? What do you love? Yeah. What can we do better? Yeah. Good job, Kev. Okay, we're going to do that. Uh, but that's not what we're going to do today. So I, I I was thinking today, Janice, that like I seem to pick topics. If it's me choosing, I seem to pick topics that I need help with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, let's talk about this oh. so I can get some free therapy. <laughs> that's a good way to go, though. <laughs> most of the time, I've never though, even thought about it. <laughs> well, most of the time... Most of the time, you pick the great topics. And in fact, you picked a great one for an upcoming episode called uh, Put Down the Pom-Poms, which is all about <laughs> people pleasing. So that's going to come as well. But today, today we are going to talk about co-parenting um, with divorce. And before, before anybody who's not divorced pushes pause or, or gets out of this, I would encourage you to listen. And here's why. There is so much when I was married, there's so much that I did not know or think about or appreciate about my friends who were divorced. And so many things that I wish I had known um, that you just don't know. And it's nobody's fault. Um, But I think that there's like this lack of appreciation and knowledge for what it's like to be divorced um, uh-huh. and to co-parent and to, I mean, all of it. And not that I need somebody or need my friends to be like, oh, it must be so hard. It's just, it's it's like a part of life. I mean, I've never had cancer, but I feel like I have a responsibility to understand what it's like for people who have had cancer. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And you know, the thing about co-parenting is even if you are not divorced, you are married, you are co-parenting. Ooh, that's you know? so true. So I think. Okay, I've never thought about that, but you're exactly right. Yeah, I think the things Mm. that we talk about today for co-parenting people who are divorced or separated um, are going to be applicable to most people that are parenting still with their partner or with the the husband or mother of their children. So I think it will be applicable to other people as well. I so agree. And I never thought about that. But just because you're married doesn't mean that you're always going to agree on how you should parent. In fact, you and I both know in counseling people that this is this can be a huge source of tension in a marriage because right. somebody parents this way and and the other parent parents another way and they can't co-parent they're not co-parenting on the same page, and it causes so much tension. Yeah, it does. And, you know, the thing good is, is that good, good parenting is, it's a skill. You know, it's like a good relationship. It's the implementation of behaviors 
and and that are and then a lot of our behaviors are based on our attitudes or our beliefs and so we don't always know exactly how to parent and and there are a lot of people parent the way they were parented and it's why i have a job because <laughs> it doesn't always work you know and so so i think that i think that co-parenting is a little bit different if you're coming from a divorced couple but it's still the same skills that you're going to use in being effective parents mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it'll be fun to talk about this as we go through these things and how we can apply them to both people who are still married and people who are divorced or separated. So when people, let's just talk, so if we can, let's talk for a minute about about couples that are married and yet are struggling to get on the same page from a parenting. In fact, it's so funny that you brought this up, and I honestly, Janice, I would have never thought about it if you didn't say it, is uh-huh. I had a girl text me this week and she said, you know, I I really need a counselor from my husband. He's really struggling with parenting and it's causing a lot of problems. And they're married. Um, so when when people are married and they're struggling to co-parent well, what are some of the biggest problems or obstacles that you have encountered? What do you see? Well, I I think that scheduling is probably one of the more difficult and past division, you know, bedtime. I mean, I think that sometimes the the roles of uh, men and women it, it's gotten better than it used to be. But used to it used to be that men, you know, went to work and then came home, and women were at home, and they took care of all of the activities with the kids and then at night you know the father might pop in to kiss everybody goodnight on the forehead but the mother bathed them and cleaned the dishes and all of that and so the division of task and division of responsibilities when it comes to some of the basic parenting activities is oftentimes assumed or mandated from by one person to the other without having Uh, any sort of flexibility, you know, and so, and people are tired at night Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes, you know, if you've got, if you've got little kids, you know, my daughter in Australia, Wesley has four kids and Wyatt is eight and Huxley's six and the twins are almost three. I mean, their bedtime is crazy. The other day she sent a picture and it's really cute of the twins. And they're having their snack in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> it's really funny. But, you know, that's hard when you have little kids and you are exhausted. And then, it, 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 then you have teenagers and that's hard. And, mm-hmm. and it's hard because they have a voice and we want them to have a voice. And they don't want us to tell them what to do or or set limits for them, but they have to have limits. So, you know, you just have to have some sort of a collaborative format to be able to do it effectively. And I do think it's the scheduling thing is probably the thing that is the um, the most difficult for people. 
So I love, so two things come to mind when you bring that up. And I so agree with you. One of them for me is when you say schedule, um, you know, when I, um, and I, so, I so agree with you, but, uh, when I do premarital counseling, uh, the first week, the first week that we meet, uh, I get to know the couple the second week, which is like the first real, uh, homework that they have to do is they have to write a list of expectations and I make them Uh write expectations about everything. What are your expectations when it comes to work, money, sex, time, parenting, growing old together? Like this isn't just like, I expect you to, uh, you know, and right now, like, cause you're going to be married for a long time. So what are the expectations? And I, encourage them to really think about like, do you expect her to cook every night? Do you expect, do you expect him to make all the money? Do you expect to have, how many times a week do you expect to have sex? How many, like, what do you expect the roles to be? Because what, what is so unbelievable and yet not so unbelievable is how many people get into a marriage And they just think that this is the way, however they have it in their minds, which is usually a product of their family of origin, how it's going to go. And yet nobody's had that conversation. And so they get in the marriage and, and each one of them has expectations about the the roles that each of them are going to take. And whether it's with cooking, cleaning, money-making, parenting, bedtimes, discipline, whatever it is. And, and if the, that person doesn't live up to those expectations, then resentment and anger and, you know, sadness and disappointment and frustration starts to find its way into the relationship. And it's just, it's all it takes is, I mean, not all it takes, it's compromise and it's, it's ongoing. But if you have that conversation before you ever walk down the aisle like wait you expect me to cook every night wait you want to have sex how many times a week wait yeah wait you don't think i'm gonna work i plan on working you know like it's it's been really eye-opening for me to see and learn how many couples and how many people never have those conversations before they get married yeah And, you know, parenting, I mean, everybody has an idealized vision of parenting, really, until they become parents. You know, I was a child development major in uh, in when I was in college, child development and psychology. And and I remember people saying to me after I had kids, did did that really help you a lot, that training? And I was like, no, I threw the books out. didn't work at all because it was you know because it wasn't real it wasn't i mean i had no idea how hard it was going to be to get everybody ready for bed yeah you know so yep. it is a lot about i mean yeah i think that it has to be really communicated and i don't think that we really think about effective parenting well nobody's we teaching just, us how to have those conversations i mean where's right. where's that being taught you know, and yeah. yet those are critical to a healthy and happy marriage, family, et cetera. Um, yeah. And I, and I think that what happens too, when people end up splitting up and, 
unfortunately, you know, divorce is a very, very real thing. And I don't know why I say unfortunately, because I was really glad to get my divorce. I mean, it was very difficult. But by the time, by the time we were at that place, I was, I was ready for that. And, and yet I, you know, my ex-husband is not an ex-parent. He, mm-hmm. he is going to mm-hmm. remain a parent mm-hmm. forever. And so we don't, yeah. So we want to, it's you know, really we good. want to, uh, one of the things of one of these 10 uh, real life tips for successful co-parenting is practice empathy, mm-hmm. you know, and what happens a lot of times when people get a divorce is there, maybe somebody has cheated or somebody has, they've been dealing with an addiction or whatever it is, there may be anger at one another. One person might not have wanted it. The other one, you know, really did. So there's a lot of sadness and hurt and anger about it. And, you know, and yet what we want to do is a co-parent. One of the most important things from the get-go is practicing empathy for one another. Mm. Because when, 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 the mom goes and sides yeah. and might feel angry, especially if the dad didn't want the divorce. Yeah. And so we want to be really empathetic with one another as you are parenting. It's and so good. So Janice. that you, you, uh, you know, you, you think, man, I know that, for example, you say, look, I know this is really hard for you to, for me to pick up the kids because it's hard for me when you pick them up. But I want you to know that I really appreciate you um, being here. Yeah. And you know, and 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 when your kids miss your miss their dad or miss their mom, we want to have a lot of empathy for them during that. It's hard for kids too, and you want to be <laughs> able to talk to them. You know, I know you miss your dad right now. How about we call him? You want to do that? Yeah. You know, and rather than taking you know, TikTok, the game's all locked so that the parent, you know, it's my time. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be flexible, which is another one of those tips is being able to be flexible with the schedule. Even if it's, if you're divorced and it's your time to have the kids and the dad wants to take them to a baseball game, let them go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that it is totally what the, what the children are learning and even if it's, even if you're not divorced, if you have an idea for a bedtime and the dad is like, you know, let's, let's let them stay up another 30 minutes, you know, being let's let us finish the that. movie. Yeah. Let's yeah. let us finish the movie. Yeah. It's no big deal tonight, right? It's Friday night. Yeah. You can sleep in a yeah. little later. And what the kids are going to get from this, whether you're to get, whether you're divorced or still married is that they will feel like they are a priority to both of you. And that their relationship is not going to get in the way of the children's happiness and well-being. Yeah, yeah. Which is because it's not about winning. Which is so hard to do when you yeah. are divorced, when you're angry, when you're hurt, and unfortunately, what I've seen in divorce is children can be used as weapons. Sure. And. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been tempted myself. I try really hard not to go down that road, but you know, they just can. And especially, I mean, when you're newly getting divorced 
and the feelings and the pain is so fresh that really, especially once the divorce is final and you've settled all the money, first the money is the tension. Exactly. And then once that's all settled, then it's the only weapon you have is your kids. But if you're using that as a weapon, the only thing that you can do is lose. That's it. Right. Because right. the kids are losing and, and the kids, I, I have told my kids a thousand times and I really believe it that the biggest losers in divorce are the kids. And they don't have to be, it doesn't have to be that yeah. it can be a win-win. You're right. You're right. You're right. And that's what we're after when with co-parenting is we're after a win-win yeah. so that the dad wins and the mom wins, then the kids win. Because if there's a loser, one out of those three, then the kids lose. Yeah, they all so lose. Yeah. They're a combination of the two of you. So it really is important. And 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 another one is pick your battles. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, there are so few things that are that important Yeah, and, and the dad's not going to do everything exactly the way the mom does. And the mom isn't going to be able, is probably not going to do everything that the dad does. So unless it's a, you know, something like, you know, you're letting him stay up till two in the morning and on the school night, and that's something that you're probably going to really want to talk about. But you're going to also want to talk about that from a real collaborative place. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to talk to the children. The communication between parents needs to be between the parents. Oh, yeah. It doesn't, you, you know, one of the worst things we can do is say, you know, you go tell your mom that I'm not going to give her any more money mm -hmm. or you go tell your mom that she's going to have to pay for half of the gymnastics or you go tell your dad that I'm not putting up with y'all staying up late. No, yeah. the children have are not to be the messengers unless it's tell your dad I'll be there in the morning at seven. If yeah. it's logistics, no problem. Right. But if there's anything that is with any sort of aggression or tell your dad you can do this sort of thing. Like tell your dad how much I appreciate um, him taking y'all to the baseball game. I hope it was fun. Yeah. You know, so you can build up your ex partner yeah. and not lose. Yeah. You, you know, will win. Yes, you will win. And you know what, Janice, when I was getting divorced and there was tension and pain and anger, that's something that I did <clears throat> as a practice. So it wasn't what I wanted to do. It was not what I wanted to do, but it okay. is what I did. And when Topher started dating, I would be like, please be nice to, to whoever the girl was. Like, I, how was yeah. it? I would encourage it. And, and even if I'm like struggling to say the, the words and, you know, oh, wait, did y'all text dad and say thank you? Like, that was so nice of him. Like, I would... I did that stuff and not, I, I did it for them, but I, I have to say, I also did it for me. Of that, course. That was an important part of my healing. And it's kind of like fake it till you went, make it, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and there, there does come a time where I could say those words, whatever they were, and I'm actually meant it. Like, I hope they have fun with the girl that, 
Topher is dating. I hope she's kind and fun and good for them. Right. I, I do hope that I do want them to tell him thank you because I do think it's nice the things that he does for them. You know, I, it's like, it's not, it, I, it didn't start out that way, but it, it got me there. Like doing, yeah. it, it was a practice. It really was well, a practice. You know, Tova, it's kindness. And kindness is not something I do for other people. It's what I do for myself mm -hmm. because yeah. if I am not yeah. really focused on being kind, then that negative energy of being unkind yeah. will make me sick. It yeah. will deteriorate my body and my brain, and yeah. I'm just not willing to do it. Yeah. So I, my kindness to my ex-husband or, or Tom's ex-wife is I don't do that for them. I yeah. do that for me. Yeah. And, and it, you know, when, when it's really Tom good. and I got in, well, when Tom and I got engaged, uh, we each had been divorced 10 years. And so I called his ex-wife, her name is Zuma. And I said, Zuma, um, I just want you to know that I am, uh, my goal is not to be Corey's mom. He mm -hmm. has a mom and it is you. Yep. And my goal is to just suck up to him and be his friend. Yep. And if I ever cross that boundary and I and you feel like I am trying to push you out and become his mom, I want you to tell me. Yeah. And then I told Corey the same thing. And from the very beginning, we were able so good. to establish Just set the that, stage. To set the stage. Yep. And we never had a disagreement that's awesome there were times when i would get a little annoyed and i'm sure she did with me too but we never had an, a disagreement as a matter of fact she used to buy me really good christmas presents when we first got <laughs> married i was like that is Man. so nice uh, she was so nice to me and kind and we you know i mean i've said it before i mean she had easter lunch with all of us and you know, so we we have no problem being around one another as, ne as neither does Tom and my ex. And that is a gift for our children. Mm -hmm. That's why you do it. You do it. You do yeah. it for your and, children. You do it for their children. And, and my energy. Because yep. I and don't your want soul. that negative energy. That's yeah, exactly right. Exactly. That's so yeah. good. So yeah. one thing that came to mind, um, I'll say this. Um, love your thoughts on it. And then I'd love to go to your list because we're already at 26 minutes, which I can't believe. Oh, wow. But one, so you said schedule. And when you said schedule, the, what came to my mind, and I'm wondering if it, if it came to anybody else's mind, um, you know, when, when I was married, this was an issue when I was married. Topher loves sports and he wanted the kids involved in all sports all the time. Uh -huh. And he wanted, I mean, the kids have had trainers and they've had coaches and they've had practices and, you know, they're, and when they were young, they played all the sports. Now we're kind of honing in on the, the thing, but it hasn't let up. Yeah. It just gets more intense on the thing. And I mean, there was a time where the boys were playing fall baseball football, fall, football, <laughs> basketball, spring baseball, uh, 
and that overlapped with that overlapped with uh, basketball, and then that would go into summer, and it's three kit times three, you know. And oh my gosh, times three with games, practices, trainers, blah blah blah, and I. So my value, one of like my biggest value is family. And I just love family time. I love family dinner. Like spending time as a family was, is so important to me. And Topher's biggest value at the time was sports. He wanted his kids to do. And so he created this life and this craziness that I, that and I'm not saying I'm right and he was wrong. It was just different. And uh-huh. I remember uh-huh. being married and and just crying. Like, we're not having family dinner anymore. Like, I can't, I can't do this. Like, I was working full time. I'm taking George to practice. I'm picking up Carter at practice. I'm taking in a print to dance. I'm I'll, like the juggle and and the, the all the checks. And I was like, ah, oh. and I I do, I do see that in marriages and families where the schedule gets out of hand, right? The schedule can really get out of hand and it usually falls on one parent, the schedule, whether it's managing the schedule, keeping up with the schedule, taking the kids to their schedule. And that can be really overwhelming to that parent. And, and so I just, wanted to take a minute and say like that's something that I wish when I was married we got on the same page about because it was always a source of conflict like well go ahead you know well you know there's so so no like you said nobody's wrong nobody's wrong you're right and so I you know I think in this situation in a situation like this what you would want to be able to say to, let's say, Topher to say, okay, I understand that you want to do all of this. I am willing to do two activities. I'm willing to take to two activities. I'm willing to pay for two activities or whatever it is that you can comfortably do. And anything else that you um decide you want the kids to do you're going to have to get them there you're going to have to get them home you're going to have to pay for it and all of that now then if he if he loads it up then you know then it's the sort of thing that you hopefully can have a a collaborative approach with one another to where you can agree somewhere in the middle you know because i don't i mean i think that you, you're, you just have to say no. Yeah. It, it I'm just, not willing to do it. Yeah. And you can do it on my, on my days or whatever you're going to do, however you're going to do it. So it doesn't, to be empathetic and kind and collaborative with one another doesn't mean you're going to say yes to everything your partner wants to do, you know, so you can say no. Yeah. You just, you just want to be kind when you do it. You just want, don't want to say no asshole. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, so that's not, that's, that is being collaborative sometimes to be able to say, it's just not going to work out for me. I yeah. am not willing to do it. Yeah. I'm just not. Yeah. It was, it was just, especially when, 
I mean, when there was one driver, you know, when there was, and, oh. and that driver was me. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's yeah, just, it's exactly. just a lot. And the schedule, I know that, I know that so many people are just overscheduled. Like we are just overscheduled as people. I mean, we're so overscheduled. Our kids are so overscheduled. I mean, COVID has allowed us to take a breath, but it's coming, you know, like all of it, yeah. all of it will be back. And, and it's, well, and some people really like that and some people don't, you know, it's just a value that, mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. if, if you and your ex, or even if you and your, if you're still married, you, you are just going to really want to try to collaborate back to some place of being reasonably comfortable. Yeah. That's our goal. Cause I'm not going to get my way all the time and he's not going to get his way all the time. But, you know, yeah. I always talk about living moderately and that's getting your way some place between 25 and 75, you know, so we negotiate to a place of being reasonably comfortable. And, and if for some reason, let's say that, that Topher, um, said, well, I'm just not going to do that. Then, you know, then, you know, what you could do is say, well, on my days where I have them, I'm not willing to get them to practice and I'm going to have them at home. You know, if you have to draw a line in the sand, in the sand, you can. Yeah. I just, and, and like you said, nobody's wrong. Nobody's bad. It's just, it's just what you value. And uh huh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I just really, I, um, I'm just, I'm home. I like to be home. I want to cook. I want everybody around the table. And now that they're teenagers, good grief. I mean, I had to tell my kids on Monday, listen, we are having family dinner Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday, and Thursday. You can go out and you, after and you family are dinner. Like it, yep. You're you going to compliment gonna be- me. You're going to enjoy it. <laughs> you're going to compliment my meal. You're going to pretend to have fun around that table. You can go out after, but you're having dinner at home. Like, I just, I have to throw it down. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't see them. Well, that is really true. Yes. I miss them. I mean, and it, with They're just growing up. Yeah. And that is, and that is important. I, I mean, it's one of my values too. And and, you know, we always said our family dinners were at Nicosina, which was fine because we all sat around and talked and everything. But they, you know, it was just the together time. Yes. Is is good. And, and I, you know, and so if your partner wants that, too, then you're going to want to collaborate with them on that. Totally. Totally. Okay. So we, um, in our last few minutes together... Let's go. Yes, I know ma'am. you've I know you've mentioned some of the things on your list, but let's go. Th- I'd love to go through them and just kind of talk through them because and and like you said, I think this is probably. I mean, I haven't. I don't know the list, but I venture to guess that it's applicable whether you're married or divorced. Right. Right. Yeah. I think it is too. Uh, okay. So we'll just we have touched on a couple of them. How many are uh, there? One is. There's like 10. Okay. So one of them is be open and flexible with schedules. We've talked about that. Practice empathy. Uh, pick I love that one. I love yeah. pra- practice empathy. Oh. I mean, yeah. how often do we not, you know, we, we often have empathy for the kids who are being yeah. shuttled, but yeah, we, I mean, I, I don't know that I've always had empathy for, the fact that I have the kids so much more than Topher. I actually, 
I do, I have thought about that, and but I've never uh-huh. said anything to him about that, you know. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. It's got to be hard. I did feel bad when COVID started and I knew that like Topher was like working from home, couldn't go out, like wasn't releasing the kids a ton. Like I'm like, God, yeah, I did. I did. So all to say, I really like that empathy. I think it's an important one. I do too, Tova. And then uh, pick your battles. We talked about that communicate directly with dad or mom it's really really important we do not it is terrible if you say you tell your mother that i'm not gonna blah 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 and and have them be put in the middle of your battles well that's abuse i just think that's abuse no it is it is that's emotional abuse if you use your children yeah and uh, another one is remember that he's your ex, but also your co-parent. So, mm-hmm. it, and he's, he's always like, going to be your co-parent. He is going to be in your life for a long time because you have children and then yes. grandchildren. And, you know, and one of the things that I really appreciate about my ex-husband is, is his attention with the grandkids and they are crazy about him oh that's really you know and so it's really good because it's just extra love yeah you know and so you also want to be really mindful of your your ex's family Mm -hmm. if they Mm -hmm. you know if they if if we want if they're around or if they're in your life you want to be really really careful about them and make sure that they're included and make sure that they get time and you know, so it, it, it really makes a difference for the kids. And it's all about the kids. Um, I love right, that. Then, uh, make exchanges short and sweet. Very short and sweet. You know, Ooh, don't that's cry, good. hang on to the little ones. Yep. You know, when they yep. go off, you know, don't drag it out. Give them a whole bunch of instructions. Say your goodbyes with a smile so the children don't feel guilty about leaving yeah. you by yourself. Yep. Very, very, very important. Uh, respect your time, their time with their dad, you know, make sure that you, uh, don't call them too often. Yep. Uh, I think they can call you if they want to, but you're not going to break in and there on their time with their dad. Uh, yeah. Don't be needy. They don't need to take yeah. care of you. No, you, no. You are not their emotional. I mean, they are not Never. your emotional responsibility. Like they don't need to be no. worried about mom because mom's alone. That's right. That's exactly right. Yep. Uh, if this one says share photos, grades and accomplishments, which I think that's really important to pick up the phone and call your ex and say, Oh my gosh, did you know that Anna Prynne got a hundred on this exam? Mm-hmm. That's just so great. And mm-hmm. I wanted you to know that, mm-hmm. you know, so that they can participate participate in the in celebrating their kiddos and mm-hmm. and you know send them photos it's of good. the kids yep and also sharing the struggles yes yes and well i mean i don't think you need to i don't think you need to call them and tell them that you had a bad time with carter at night you know, I don't think that, so either. Disrespectful. No, no, but no, I no. I mean, if the kids are having a struggle, that's what I'm saying. You know, I should have been more I clear. Would, 
I what actually problem. Yes, a thousand percent agree with that. I don't. Every time Carter and I get in a disagreement, I don't need to call Topher to take care of it or fix it or be a part of it. That's my job. Right. But if Carter right. is struggling with something, you know what? I had a I had somebody I counseled with this week, and their daughter had been struggling. The daughter had been struggling big time, and the mom knew, but the dad didn't know, and. And all of a sudden the daughter was at the dad's house and she exploded and with venom, all this stuff came out and the dad had no idea. And the mom was like, oh yeah, she's been struggling with that for a long time. It's like, wait, what? And I just think that if your child is struggling for some reason, like if, if Carter and I have a disagreement or Anna Prynne and I are struggling with something, that's not Topher's. Topher doesn't need to know about that. It's not his to fix. I don't need his help. But if Anna Prynne is struggling in general with a friend or she's, she's, uh, you know, struggling with depression or anxiety and, and we need, we need to do something as her parents, then he needs to be part of that conversation. Well, what I think, I do think that what they, I, I, so what I would do, especially with adolescents, is I would tell, let's say if it's Anna Pren, I would say Anna Pren, well, one of two things. One thing I might ask her permission because it may be something that she is, maybe she is struggling with a friend and it's not like, she's depressed or having severe anxiety or something like that. I, I might ask her permission. Are you cool with me talking with your dad about that? Yeah, you know, that's if, good. if you're adamant that you're going to tell him, then I would tell her before you tell him, yeah. I would say, I am not comfortable keeping this from your dad. So I'm going to let him know that you're having this struggle. And um, I just wanted you to have a heads up. So, because I think that you don't, you want, you, you want them to feel really safe with you that yeah. if they tell you a secret that you will keep it unless it's something that you feel like, I just can't keep this from your dad. So I want you to know I am going to tell him that. Yeah. And, and the you only know? time I feel strongly about that, and, and I'm not saying I'm right, but the only time I feel strongly about that is if. It's something that we, I feel like we both need to know. Like this has never happened, but say Anna Prynne had an uh, anxiety disorder or an eating disorder. Oh, well, or, you, you really, yeah, you, or, you really have to do that. Or got in trouble at school or, um, you know, and it, and it really affected her. It, it really had, it, it's just something that, if we were married, we would both know, you know, it's just, she just happens to be with me more. And so, right. And, or something that he needs to be sensitive to or something that he can parent to, then I, then I will tell, but I mean, I really actually minimize the, like Carter talked back to me or Georgie, da, da, oh, you yeah. know, I mean, <laughs> figure it out yourself. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> okay keep well, going and, and if you're and if your partner is somebody that really won't handle it well that might be 
you know, mad or pick up the phone and call somebody or something like that. You know, you, I just think you want to, I don't think you need a rule about it as much as you want to be sensitive about it. And if you have a question about, do you think I should share this with somebody, then pick up the phone and call somebody. You could pick up the phone and call me. You could call mm -hmm. Toba mm -hmm. and kind of process through it before, mm -hmm. because there are some people that might be real reactive. Now, if it's an, if it's depressive disorder or anxiety disorder or any, or eating disorder, absolutely mm -hmm. both parents need to be informed with mm -hmm. it you know so anyway that's just I, just i think we want to be sensitive to especially adolescents because they're yeah. just so sporadic in their yes emotions, they are <laughs> you know all right uh encourage your kids to communicate with dad or mom mm -hmm. you know make mm -hmm. you know uh, remind them that it's their birthday remind them on father's day yeah you know yeah make sure you get a card for your dad or let's make him cookies or something yep. like that so yep. that you're teaching them that sort of that sort of yep. love with skin on it yep yep i do that and you know? i feel really good about that yeah and then the last one is enjoy your time off you know Ugh. that is one of the perks of being a single mom or a single dad <laughs> i have to say when so. I, i'm sure i've told you this janice but when i first got divorced and and i mean my i so Topher and i have the standard so he's he has them every other weekend and then on monday nights so uh -huh. every uh -huh. other weekend he has them friday saturday sunday monday and then and then the next week he'll just have them on monday night the rest of the time they're with me and uh -huh. Uh -huh. So, I mean, by the time those kids are going headed to Topher's, I'm like, bye, bye, like, love <laughs> you, bye. And the, all my oh. married friends, they'd be like, oh, I mean, this is going to make me sound, I'm sure some people are going to judge this, but it is what it is. Uh, people would be like, oh, is it so hard? Is it so sad when they go to Topher's? I'm like, no. And, you know, yeah. I didn't date for a long time after I got divorced and it was just yeah. me. And sometimes I would go have dinner with a girlfriend, but a lot of nights I just stayed home. In fact, yeah. when I, when I first started dating Craig, um, Anna Prynne was like, Craig, it's so nice that you are in my mom's life. Before you came along, she just stayed home and read. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm like, hey, so I was cool. I was cool, you know, but like when they were home, I was home. Now, now that I'm dating Craig, like I'll go out with Craig, even sure. if they're home, because, sure. you know, that would mean that I, if I only went out with them when they were away, then I wouldn't see Craig as much. So sometimes I'll go have dinner with them or whatever. Sure. We'll go on a bike sure. ride in the middle of the day and, you know, the kids are home and, but I mean, oh, having that the opportunity to take a breath and I don't feel bad or guilty at all when my kids no, are gone. It's so healthy. And you know, when, you know, that there's something that is really esteeming about being okay alone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, mm -hmm. when I, got my divorce after 22 years of marriage i had never lived alone ever i went from my parents house to the dorm in college 
we got married the day after I graduated from college. And then I never lived alone until mm -hmm. I got my divorce. And it was hard for me at first to learn to be comfortable in my own skin alone. And, mm -hmm. and, and it's a great gift that I would, that I've been able to claim is that now I'm not afraid of being alone, yeah. you know, and that feels really good to me. Yep. Yep. So it is one of the perks. Oh, it is. And you know, I tell people all the time, what's so great is like, if you're married and you leave town, you're leaving them with grandma and grandpa, or you're leaving them with a, a nanny and you just feel like you got to check in, make sure everything's okay. And when they're with their dad, I'm like, they're fine. They're yeah. with their dad. Yeah. Like they're yeah. fine. And yeah. And I'll check in, say, hey, I'm thinking about you, love and miss you. But I'm like, I'm not on their heels and I'm not holding on to their ankles. They need to go be with dad and have fun. And I need to yeah. be away as well. Yeah. And you know, the you know, I think that it all boils down to being willing and able to have a really cooperative co-parenting relationship. Mm -hmm. And if you, you know, if you are willing and you are able, it'll work. Yeah. If one of those elements is not there, like if you're just not willing, if somebody's like, well, I don't care, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be collaborative with them. You know, I'm mad at them or whatever then that's going to mess it up for the kids. Yeah. Or if somebody isn't able, you know, if they're in the, if they're active in an addiction or, you know, have some big personality disorder or something, then that's not going to work for the kids. So if you are willing and able, it will be okay. Those kids Absolutely. will survive the turmoil of divorce. Yep. Yep. And it's they can thrive. Yes, they can thrive. I mean, for sure. a thousand percent. We've seen it. I mean, we, yes. we have seen it. You know, one of the, my, one of my biggest worries in getting divorced was what is this going to do to the kids? Yeah. And you know, I probably held on longer than I should have because I was so scared about that. And, and if you co-parent well and you love your children well, they are, I mean, and, and my children, I, I really appreciate it. My children are so appreciative at how Topher and I get along. Like, yeah, he, you know, Topher and I, we don't hang out. We don't chit chat. We don't, he's not my buddy, but we co-parent really well. Yeah. And I'm on his team. He's on mine. We're cheerleaders for each other. I want him to do well. I want him to be in a thriving, happy relationship. I want him to be successful in his work. I want all good things for him. Why? Because that's great for my children. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And I'm always going to do whatever I can to, to, to be kind to him. And, yeah. and, and, I want him, and he's so kind to me, and I so appreciate it. And yeah, you taught me that, Janice, when I was getting divorced. I said, "What do I do?" And you said, "Be kind." You, I mean, yeah. that's the only rule you gave me when I was getting divorced. And there were so many times, Janice, it was so hard. I know to be kind. I know, I know. and yet it was <laughs> always the right choice. 
It was yeah. always the right choice. And so always. that's what I will leave with everyone who's either co-parenting in marriage or co-parenting in divorce is, you know, we are all just human. We're all just human. Yeah. And so be kind, be kind. It's, it's always the right answer. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Janice. Again, you're welcome. That was fun. Well, go enjoy a beautiful weekend at the lake. I'm so tired of hearing you at the lake. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. So so jealous. Well, go enjoy the lake. Have a great time with your girlfriend next week. And okay, well, you have fun with your friends. I will. Have a happy birthday, Tova's birthday's coming up, everybody. Happy early birthday, (laughs) Tova. Uh huh. It's coming. Forty nine, y'all. My last year in my forties. It's it's happening. It's happening. (laughs) All right. Love you, Janice. Have a great weekend. Bye, Bye. Kevin. Love you. Talk to you later. Thanks, Janice. Love you.